0: What tower would go. Must choose above, between, below. you in pain, Doctor. Age has not mellowed you, has he, brigadier
1: Live from the Dark Tower, this is Doctor Who Podshock. Yeah. is Dr. Who Podshock episode 50 for the week of August 7th 2006 it is our 50th episode anniversary show yes. yeah it's, it's the
2: Zagreus of podshock
3: shows 50 years <laughs> no, can you believe years. it ladies and
2: gentlemen we've been doing this for 50 years wow oh, it's 50th episode and it's also
1: it's the What's 50? One is that year. diamond?
2: Is a diamond jubilee? Is 50?
1: I don't know these things. And
2: that's that's 25, I think, is the jubilee. Oh, no, 25, 25 is that's silver. Silver jubilee. Yeah. No. Gold. I, I don't, don't know. know. It's, it's one of those things. Some. I don't know. Whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> mm. We'll take it. <laughs> well, back on the horn with us.
1: Across the pond is Mr. James Norton.
2: Hello, Yay, it's great
1: James. to be back. I'm sorry. He's, uh, he's returned from the colonies. I have, yes. Yes,
2: with <laughs> the did. Declaration of Independence, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he... and he bought both Ken and I souvenirs from the U.S. So I yes. did. Yeah,
4: I got you face. <laughs> <laughs> baseball caps and all sorts because i just know you guys can't get that sort of stuff where, where you are yeah
2: and, york, you, and so. you know how big yeah, a that's... sports fan lewis is <laughs> yes well he got us these nifty t-shirts that say i heart new york <laughs> and, and why with the n slashed <laughs> through it
4: <laughs> that's an inside joke because i come from from york and now you see in new york you see all these touristy shirts with the classic um uh, the I heart, I heart New York, but the ends crossed out, so as if to say, I love York, which personally I think is the tackiest thing ever. But it's it's kind of funny, I suppose. It's. Uh... I guess some people find it key.
1: You know, James, I want one of those shirts now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's such a shame I'm going to the Netherlands shortly, but uh, I, might get, I might try and get you one, mate.
1: Because that would be oh, pretty uh... funny. I think people in New York would want to know what that's all about and that we would wear it in New York.
4: Yeah, well, I think that it's funny because uh, when I went into the shop in New York, uh, it seemed like the uh, well, I'm not particularly good with accents, but it sounded like they had uh, a bit of a a New York twang in their in their accent when I was when I heard them speaking. So um, it could be the
1: new trend. There are a lot of transplanted New Yorkers down in in Georgia. Uh, well, first off, uh, I gotta say thank you and congratulations. The Murray Gold interview on the last episode was was brilliant. Yeah. Thank you so much. I've had so I, many. And I have to say, I was also and... a little jealous that I, you got to talk to Murray Gold.
4: I know that's the only bad thing about it is that we didn't have you guys on there. But he, I mean, he really was a terrific bloke, and I just have to thank him once again for appearing on the show because I know he was horrifically busy i mean he was composing the music to um episode 12 the army of ghosts uh and he took the time out to call me how cool is that he Mm -hmm. took the time out to call me like he had like a few hours i think he had to have it posted off or emailed and i don't know how it works at the bbc but he had to have it in that evening finished well, and he took time it's good to talk that, to You know, him. he
2: had his priorities set accordingly, you know. <laughs> pod, shock, and then Army of Ghosts, you know. <laughs>
4: so, uh, he was fantastic. It's really cool. Thank you ever so much, Murray.
2: If you invite yes,
1: him to, to write something in that, in that uh, you know, you know those guys from Shock Podge- uh, were really cool and I'm going to make the end of Oh
2: no, Ken has slipped into the void. Just kind of pick up where Ken left off uh, in the introductions. Uh, sitting besides Ken. Well, actually not sitting. Why did do, we wait for Ken it's, to
4: come back? Hold on. Let's see if we yeah, can Yeah, well,
2: I was hoping to fill in the time there. Um, this is Louis Trapani, Yay! And also <laughs> vaguely with us, or <laughs> trying, straining to be with us, is Ken Deep. Ken? Is Ken there? Uh, come in, Ken. Should we try and add yeah, it? Ken, yeah. can you read us, Ken? Oh, he's back. He's back. Okay, yeah, we lost you, you there for a uh, micron. Yeah. I was going to say, uh,
1: here we go. It would be really cool if your interview influenced Murray Gold's music in, in uh, Army of Ghosts or Doomsday. Like, You know, that guy James was really cool. And What I need to do in the last <laughs> five, ten minutes of the show is have a whole different vibe. <laughs> or maybe we could have asked him to, write, to score the music to Podshock. I That's I, what I wish. was thinking. <laughs>
4: I wish.
3: Um
4: but I have to say though as as well as that I'm so sorry that I missed the um round table discussion from from last week cuz I I really enjoyed that guys and it was mm-hmm. it was awesome to have so many people from other awesome podcasts on the mm-hmm. show. So. it's
2: been something that we've been meaning to do for a while and um you know we were going to do it maybe right before the new series began, you know, so we could, you know, Have everyone on board and talk about the excitement of the new series, but it just we were you know we had our hands full with reviewing both the Sci-Fi Channel and the BBC new episodes, so um, it just made more sense to do it after the conclusion of the new series. And uh, we had invited a lot of different uh, people from different podcasts and uh, radio shows, and uh, many of them could not make it, but those that could, you know, it turned out very well. Um, uh, We want to thank everyone that was involved and. We'll hopefully do it again sometime, and uh, maybe some of the ones that couldn't get onto that show will get onto the next.
4: Well, I want to thank you, Lewis, for editing it all together and organising it, because it can't have been easy, mate. And It uh, it really was uh, a mammoth thing, and yeah. uh, well, it you. was almost like two shows in a week, almost. Poor, so, poor uh, Paul
2: Wilson from the Who cast was up till four in the morning, just because of the time difference. Good lord. Mrs. Wilson had to... Scold him. Yeah, chastise him, yeah. <laughs> and James, I, one
1: of the things I thought was in, in your Murray Gold interview that I thought was great was that he mentioned the Swift Bar in New York City uh, as to where DWNY meets up. I thought it was so cool. cool.
2: It brought I, it home for me personally, uh, you know, I, being a New Yorker. I, I mm. gave the heads up about it on their site, you know, that Murray Gold mentioned them. They were all excited. Cool. And rightly so. So now they're yeah, going to be exactly. looking
1: for Murray Gold every time they meet. I wonder if Murray he Gold may be there. Well, you
2: apparently He may not be he's... there in the past and not have known about it. Yeah, but apparently he's uh,
4: he's in the States at the moment. So um, I think he's in New York, quite possibly. So who knows? Well, I have he a surprise be...
2: for you two. Joining us right here. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs>
4: <laughs> live from the Swift Bar. That should have been our opening.
2: <laughs> well, maybe we'll do a live show from there.
1: That would be they- awesome. You know, it's amazing. I wonder if he's sitting like, with like sunglasses on, listening to you know. Okay, they like the music from this episode. Okay, i got to do more <laughs> of that.
2: <laughs> it's pretty much, it's like every episode,
1: so... They yeah, really definitely. didn't like that music during the Sylvester McCoy era. Okay, I'll try not to do as much of that. Well.
3: Hmm.
1: Or you could have they really liked the Sea Devils music when it went or all that like really modern stuff they had going on. <gasps> At the time, yeah. Okay, I will not do that again. Let's move on. What do we have in news? We have great news, actually. We um, have mammoth news. Big, big news here in the United States, although it's not 100% confirmed there is no official announcement on this but it seems like
2: series 2 is going to beat the canadians to the it's pl- not a competition Ken. <laughs> can can you so sports oriented yeah uh, i mean <laughs> it's not <laughs> hockey
1: <laughs> it seems that uh, the sci-fi channel is going to get the jump on cbc and air series 2 uh, starting on September twenty-ninth, Friday nights on the Sci-Fi Channel, if all reports are correct.
2: Well, for the last couple of weeks, we've been getting, you know, insider trade information that um, that it looks like the Sci-Fi Channel was going to be picking up the two thousand and six series this autumn, this fall, and it, you know, it was indicating October. So this September twenty-ninth date kind of falls right into place. And um, it seems legitimate, you know, but um, until there's, you know, an official announcement from the Sci-Fi Channel, uh, which I'm sure will be coming soon, we hope, And um, but it looks very likely that this is going to be the date. I think well, it's 9 p.m. on... Um... Yeah,
1: 9 p.m. and 10 p.m. It looks like what they're going to do is the same thing they did with Series 1, where there will be a back-to-back uh, episode. And what the big debate is, is whether the Christmas Invasion is one of those two episodes. Is it Christmas Invasion... New Earth, or is it New Earth Tooth and Claw? Um, You know, the time slot, according to the information, is still an hour, which means they'd have to edit the Christmas invasion, perhaps cut content. So there is a little bit of a debate. We haven't... We have, again, this is very early. Probably by the time this episode goes out, we, we may even have an official announcement. So this may be dated by the time mm. this podcast comes out. Mm. Uh, so there is a little bit of, you know, question. There's still a question there as to what episodes it's going to be. And and I'm, and I'm just razzing the, the Canadian guys. I mean, this is great for everyone, you know, that, that is coming yes. out. Because now we don't have to wait for the DVD box set of Series 2 a whole year, they can get it out. You know, perhaps early in the new year here in the States. Um, And and the other question that I had is if this starts on the 29th and roughly working out the the 12-week or so uh, schedule, perhaps Mm -hmm. we'll have a chance to get the Runaway Bride. uh, Maybe if we really keep our fingers crossed, tagged at the very end of all this. So, once again, Because that those would bring emails. us right into the holiday season. It would be perfect for it. It would roll right into the holiday season. Keep those emails going to uh, to Sci-Fi Channel. I mean, this, this is proof that it's been working. The ratings were good. The response has been good. This is exactly what we wanted. Mm. So, this is good stuff. I wanted to also, while I'm on this whole emailing campaign thing, please feel free to email iconsf.org. Um, that's the website, www.iconsf.org. org. It's the home of Icon here in, uh, New York, SUNY Stony Brook every March. And ask them if it's possible, could we get a Doctor Who guest? And I think if the response is strong enough, perhaps we can influence them in getting a Doctor Who guest for the, uh, March 2007, Icon 26. Maybe we can get them, uh, you know, get them to go for a Doctor Who guest this year. The time to do huh. it is now. This is when they're starting to plan it.
4: So. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that, you know, as time goes on, I think it's only inevitable that more conventions get more Doctor Who guests, because, well, this kind of leads into the next story that we have, um, in that we, we've we now allegedly got three Doctor Who spin-off series off of the main new uh, 2005-2006 series, we have, of course, K Nine Adventures, the cartoon which we reported on earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Torchwood, which is the, the hype here in the UK at the moment is incredible. I mean, I'd say it's it's equal, if not more intense, than Doctor Who when it was first announced that Doctor Who was going to be um, on the shoe. It's in the papers virtually every single day. Really, is it? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. phenomenal and. Um, just in the paper today, um, and indeed, it's kind of been announced online rather tentatively because it's it's been in a BBC internal report. So it's kind of like an internal newspaper, mm-hmm. known as Ariel, that it will be uh, that, that there is going to be another spin-off series, uh, provisionally titled Sarah Jane Investigates, on. Uh, CBBC, which is, of course, uh, Children's BBC. Um, Although it hasn't... It's kind of been confirmed by the BBC and kind of not... I think they've kind of sort of announced it very, very quietly, um, confirmed all the rumours so as not to draw too much attention to it. Um, But now that there are three Doctor Who spin-off series the momentum for this is only going to increase and there will be more people going to conventions. It's just inevitable and I think that uh, it's wise for people like Icon and well the only other convention that I'm aware of in the US which is of any sort of stature is uh, DragonCon. So it would be um, wise for them to, to book lots of Doctor Who guests because it's clear it's clearly people are interested in this otherwise the Sci-Fi Channel wouldn't have took up the second series so quickly off the bat of the uh, the first series. So,
1: well, you do have uh, you know conventions that that lean towards Doctor Who. I mean, obviously you have Chicago Tardis mm-hmm. and
4: Miguel. Obviously, yeah, yeah.
1: And then United FanCon. Uh, they have their annual. Annually, you know, they always wind up having a Doctor Who guest, and and actually that's one of the news stories is that. Mark Strickson is uh, has been confirmed along with William Shatner. I mean, a living legend for crying out loud. Go, you know, that's just a you got a Doctor Who guest. You have William Shatner, who, you know, he just is William Shatner. If if I have to explain why, that's great. Then <laughs> you, you,
4: you well, just, why are you here? Why are yeah. you
2: here? Um, but,
4: but yeah, but know, what I mean is, is obviously, um, like, it would be fun.
2: Yeah, well, I think what James is saying is that you can't change the channel now without you know getting into a Doctor Who related show. So if there's no excuse for you know Doctor Who guests and, and absolutely Doctor Who spin-off guests, you know, yeah. not appearing at conventions.
1: James, yeah. you had a rumor about um, Sarah Jane about the character of Sarah Jane. Uh, can you can you elaborate on? Well, it's it it was kind of.
4: Uh, it's it's not quite sure the the, the internal memo and on the kind of rumors spreading around on the internet um is that the that Sarah jane is going to get a spin-off series but she may also be appearing in the um christmas special so in the runaway bride she may be appearing in that
2: but- and, and again this is unconfirmed this is just
4: this is entirely unconfirmed. This is complete speculation, but I have heard from s- several sources that at least one of them is true. So I'm going to say that the that the Sarah Jane spin-off series is true, and I'm I'm taking the whole um, fact that she's going to appear in the Christmas special with a, with a little pinch of salt. But having said that. Um, You know, when it was first announced that the Daleks and Cybermen were going to appear side by side in an episode, um, specifically, of course, uh, Doomsday, I I couldn't believe it, because Russell T Davies had come out and said, especially, you know, there will no be, be no more Daleks in this series, we've killed them off, that's it. And obviously they'd have to pay Terry Nation a large sum of money, well, his estate anyway. So I believe that, but now anything that the BBC says, I have to take with a, a pinch of salt, because as well, of course, um, Billy Piper was said to be signed on for Series 3, and that's yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, they, they cried wolf well. too many times or I should say they cried bad wolf too many times
4: <laughs> Unless, of course, she's appearing in an episode um,
2: Well, they said she had signed on, you know, both David Tennant and Billy, but again, at that time I think they were just trying to steer away rumours and speculation that she yes, was you know, yeah. leaving the series at the end of this They wanted to keep that more of a surprise and obviously, as it time got closer and they couldn't keep it under wraps anymore they you know sent out a press release saying that you know she is indeed leaving but you know i'm all
4: i'm saying is is that we have to take i think the press releases and news from the bbc um with a little bit of pinch of salt you know use your intelligence and decide whether something is true and uh, it's possible that sarah jane could be in the um Christmas special. I'm not saying that she won't, but keep I'm not my saying fingers that she crossed really
1: that maybe she will be. To be honest, yeah, with it that. would be Mine. nice.
4: It'd be really nice if she was, and it would also um, be logical because um, maybe they could introduce the spin-off series off of the bat of that. You know, see her in action investigating things. Maybe that's how she'll bump into the doctor again. Um, because before she was she was just kind of in, in a uh, working for a newspaper. Maybe she's now working for herself, kind of almost like a mini Torchwood. Maybe so, she's even working for Torchwood. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it,
2: it, though it would be a little odd, only because you know all this travel and time and space, and it took this long for you know her to and the Doctor to encounter each other again, and then like all of a sudden, oh, we meet again. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed.
2: But then again, well, the Doctor spends so much time on Earth, it's kind of hard not to. Meet up with Past Companions now. <laughs> it is. it's a well, very I do, small world. world. I, I do
1: have a little bit of um of news to, to break, uh, exclusive here on PodShock, that the um, the fifth spinoff will be Adric, <laughs>
4: um, where the back in the dinosaur age. Yeah. Yes,
1: Adric doesn't die crashing into the earth. He actually survives because he wears his seatbelt, uh, and that he in a, in a Jurassic Park like. Um, you know, he he joins Fred Wilma, and Barney in a uh,
2: So what you're saying is that, that he's the missing link. He's he's our greatest ancestor. Yes. <laughs> is yes. what you're Every- saying. There's a lot of adrek in all of us. You no, know,
4: it's it's funny uh, cuz I can't I can't speak about the uh, the US DVD version of this, but Earthshock the UK version. Yes,
2: the, there's that claymation...
4: <laughs> yes, it had some uh, Maybe that's a little preview. So <laughs> who can say, you can Again, how do you, how do you, where do you come pick up I, these stories? I'd love to know your sources, mate. I
1: have a very strong source at the BBC, um, and it's, uh, it's Michael Grade, and he <laughs> calls me all the time and asks me what I think I should do. You know, Mike, you really blew it by not making that third series of tripods, <laughs> because, you know, there were only three books, um, so we really could have just finished that off.
3: Yeah.
4: Oh, dear. God well, oh, bless a, Michael. Great. <laughs>
2: relating to the the K Nine Adventure series, when that news first broke, when it was officially announced, and we announced uh, in the news that it was um, being partially produced by Jetix, which is a Disney company, and um, and at the time we were unfamiliar with it, and since then many of our listeners had pointed us saying, you know, to the direction of, I think it was the, one of the Cartoon Channels or the Disney Cartoon Channels that it's part of their programming. And I uh, just reporting that they have now they are now included on the U.S. iTunes Music Store. Their uh, JetX now has shows being offered, you know, for sale on you know through iTunes. Mm. So it's a possibility, though. There's no definite, you know, indication of whether or not the K Nine Adventures when they come out will be also offered. But um, we can keep hope out for that.
4: Yeah, I I hope they will be. I mean. Obviously, we've not seen the series yet, and I have to say, well, I I voiced my opinion before, but I don't particularly like the new design.
2: Yeah. Um,
4: But having said that, though, I think they're they're still keeping K9 alive because there was a fantastic game. I don't know if you played it on the BBC website that was used I, I, I didn't
2: have a chance to play it, but I saw it was being offered. I'm, I don't know if it's still offered or not. Hopefully it's still there. Yes, it
4: is. It's, if you click on the game section. But that was mm-hmm. awesome. And, the, and the, it's nice that they've continued to release games. Even Keep interest after. interest
2: alive during, you know, in between series. Yeah, giving us something
4: to do. because uh, they they're not are listening to Shock, they
2: can be playing games, yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Something to eat away your time.
2: Like, there's not enough out there <laughs> between all the big audio <laughs> stuff, and it's, um, we're, well, it's hey, we're thankful. We went through many years where there was hardly any, you know, Doctor Who-related information or new material coming out, and now there's too much for even us to cover.
4: Yeah, I, I remember um, Ken saying distinctly on the forums once when I think someone was complaining about uh, Love and Monsters, and you know, he said, he, someone was saying, "I can't believe that they did this. I'd rather have nothing than this." And Ken said, "Well, do you remember a time when there was no Doctor Who?" <laughs> I think that just kind of set it into uh, perspective. But anyway,
1: to tell to tell a, a very brief story, there was a there was a gap of about four or five years where I wasn't on the radio at all. I didn't have a show, and uh, just recently, maybe a year or so ago, I, I was, you know, had been working in radio for. for Uh, You know, a few years, and I said to one of my friends, former producer of mine, you know, maybe I'll give it up. You know, I think maybe it's run its course. And he said to me, just remember what it was like when you didn't have the show. And all you did was complain about, God, if I can only get back into radio. And that's the same thing is like, you know, just be careful what you wish for. Like, we have it. Let's enjoy it. Let's let's soak it all in because there was a time where we were in a huge drought and we would do mm. anything for Doctor Who. And guess what? We've got it now. And not only do we have it, it's great. Yes, and even it at its worst, it's still better than nothing.
4: It's it's like pizza. Even bad pizza <laughs> is still good. <laughs> uh, the, so another quote about uh, something a bit real, about uh, this is a family show, so I'm not going to go into that. <laughs>
2: We'll save that for Podshock Extra. <laughs> so. Potshocks triple X. <laughs> torch Shock, the adult version. <laughs> oh. We could make
4: innuendos all day. What else have we got in the newsroom before we get sure If it's it, if it's
2: not Torch Shock, it never mind. Oh. <laughs> uh. I guess we, we did cover some uh convention news just to round that off. That though the um since we're on that Motif is um, the the Doctor Who cruise. um, Sylvester McCoy was originally slated. uh, He's no longer able to make it, and instead Nicholas Courtney will be the the guest there, along with another. um, There there will be another guest as well that has yet to be announced, and I believe you can find out more information about that. And I I, it will be on our extended in the enhanced podcast. We'll have the I think it's. The, the URL is escaping me right now, but uh, we'll have that in the in the um extended, enhanced rather version of our podcast and finally um we well we already mentioned uh, Mark Strickson at United Fancon, and that 's going to be um, when is that that's that's November tenth through the twelfth two thousand and six, and that's again as Ken had mentioned, joining up with William Shatner at United Fancon so uh, maybe um, I don't know what Ken's schedule is like, and if we can all mesh our schedules, maybe we can head up there for that convention. Maybe do a podcast from there.
4: That'd be uh, awesome.
2: Said that
1: last time, but we really, we really need to make it a point to go now and just, just, you know, get out there and 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 do, do another con. We had such a great time with Icon. We we need to do it. You know, we're gonna obviously we'll be back at Icon because it's right in our backyard. But uh, I wouldn't mind a road trip up to Massachusetts. Well, we,
2: we'll do it only if we can get William Shatner on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just pushing Mark
1: Strickson aside, he's going right for William Shatner. No, because it's would be get, funny. We should get <laughs> William Shatner to interview Mark Strickson. That's right. You know, right. What you should
4: do. You should. You should get William Shatner on the show and ask him how he would feel about playing the Eleventh Doctor.
1: <laughs> we, I would just like to get William Shatter on the show because if he farts on it, everyone on the planet will know. Like that DVD he did with, with Leonard Nimoy. I mean, the the man is brilliant. The man is brilliant. He just, how do I get take this DVD that that only about twelve people are gonna buy, and how am I gonna get the entire world to talk about it? I know, <laughs> I'll let loose. You know, I mean, he just he lets fly, and the next thing you know, <laughs> the entire. That is ablaze with, with William Shatner passes gas. <laughs> and I have that kind of luck. I'm, I'm, that you know, uh,
2: the point. i getting all bent out of shape now. And, <laughs> and the the Doctor Who sea uh, cruise I mentioned before set sail on the 18th of December of 2006. That's, uh, I think that's if, Steven Spielberg's birthday, but it's no correlation to this whatsoever. <laughs> If you, uh, if you From Tampa, Florida,
1: to meet Nicholas Courtney, if you're you know a little more recent in Doctor Who fandom, he is a living treasure of Doctor Who fandom. He's worked with everyone, he's done everything, and he's the bloody brigadier for crying out loud. He is go and get a chance to meet him. He's a splendid fellow. He's, oh, and I, I need uh, to
2: correct myself. It's actually uh, December eighth through the eighteenth. I stand corrected. Around your birthday, Lewis. Around, yes. Actually, falls in the middle there. Sort of. Mm. <laughs> maybe maybe a birthday present there, Ken? <laughs> uh, maybe. You never know.
1: Maybe, maybe not. Who can say? Louis Trapani sets sail on the high seas <laughs> for fun and mayhem.
2: <laughs> I'll get you a hat and a sword, Lou, and an eye patch. <laughs> okay, I... <laughs> but okay, t- let's get back to uh, more Doctor Who news here. We got plenty Imagine of... that. Well there there's been um there's been a lot of news to cover. One of them is a, a rumor which which the BBC has um digital spy has re- is reporting that the BBC has denied but the rumor comes from the Sun, you know, newspaper uh, as we oh, know. Mark of quality. There we go. <laughs> Where uh the Sun reports that the uh, this is a, for those outside of um the UK there's a series called the um uh, the football wives. Yes, um, that's right. One of the stars there, Zoe Lucker, is, is um, uh, the Sun is reporting was lined up to play the Rani, the character that was originally portrayed by Kate O'Mara, uh, you know, um, I think it was was it 1985 was her debut? Yeah, if I'm not something like, like, yeah, like that. Mid yeah,
4: eighties. Yeah. Yes,
2: with Mark of the Rani. And so anyway, so supposedly, according to the Sun, uh, Zoe Lucker was lined up to play the Rani, reprise the role in the 2007 series of Doctor Who. And uh, but since then, according to Digital Spy, is reporting that the BBC has denied it. But as um, James was just saying before, <laughs> you, you know, these denials and press releases, and who knows who's wait, right. Wait, 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 wait. Let's break this down for a minute. If if Russell T Davies was going to
1: bring back a character, a Time Lord, why would he not pick the Master first?
4: Yes. as opposed he pick to the Master because that's
2: exactly what he what we were all However, be expecting.
4: However. <laughs> <laughs> However, in this story's defense, Zoe Looker is a terrific actress, and I think she would be superb for the role as the as Well, the she Rani. may very
2: well be in the next series, maybe just not as the Rani. Maybe not know. as the Rani, maybe, yeah. You know, sort of like um, Anthony Stewart Head, you know, there was all this rumor that, that he was going to be, you know, he was gonna be he was the, the master. master, and it turned out that he was the schoolmaster, but not the master even though yes. he would make an excellent master he he would, yes, he,
4: would. he would yeah. yeah but i have to say zoe lucker yorkshire lass my, well actually <laughs> it's funny um my uncle is a teacher and he used to teach her at school so wow. I think that's pretty awesome that she's uh, she's come from very humble beginnings and has gone on to become a terrific actress. And I would love to see her in an episode of Doctor Who because I imagine... Well, I imagined um, that when Tracy Ann Oberman came on the show that, that she would have been a little bit like that, sort of the style of acting. Uh, it was almost uh, very similar to Zoe Lucas' style of acting. So um, I think she'd, she'd do very well in Doctor Who, and I'm, I'm hoping that the story is, is true. I mean, I know that The Mark of the Rani isn't exactly everybody's favourite Doctor Who story. Um,
2: well, I, th- I think most people have problems with time in the Rani,
4: yes yeah and but even so as as ken rightly says um she wasn't the most popular character is what i'm getting at and she You know, the master would be a more natural choice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, even the meddling monk might be more of a natural choice. We did a survey. We have a
2: poll on our site. You know, who who would you like to see return back? And the meddling monk got, you know, wasn't number one, but got a lot of votes. It was just, it's just,
1: it's just an offbeat, you know, an offbeat pick. And and that's great, you know, just to take somebody really. um, I mean, there's rumors that the Ice Warriors are in it. And they're not, again, they're not. Typically, the number three monster would be perhaps the Centaurus. Yes, uh, yeah. and and maybe they're just you know Russell's just skipping around a little and and he's he's throwing us a curveball, which would be fine. I, I don't have a problem with it. I just I just don't want to see. We you know we mentioned this in the past. Just don't want to see the pattern be the same.
4: Yes, where oh uh, uh, yeah, in
2: the middle of the series we'll have the you know the returning enemy and then just to come back for the season finale. Right. Well, I, uh,
4: I'm with Ken because I enjoy all of this speculation whether a story is true or not. Just yeah, as to it's, it's, you
2: know, it gets, gets us talking fandom about the here, Talking and, you know, yeah. speculating and it's, you know. And going little, back to
1: something James said earlier, 10 years ago we wouldn't have been talking about this at all, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah well,
2: well uh, 10, 10 years, years ago is... we were talking about it, but unfortunately our hopes were dashed when the series was not picked up after the TV movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which by reminds me, Lewis, we have to do our 10th anniversary uh Yes, I was going to suggest maybe next week we can uh, review the, the 1996 TV movie.
4: I'm well up for that. I've uh, got it right here, and uh, I'll get it. Break out the DVD, and
2: Lewis, do you I'll have the DVD of it? I have it on DVD. I don't have the DVD. I, it's, okay, because uh, I, I have,
1: have the, the, I have the region two DVD. If you want to come by and watch it, you know, we can watch. Yeah, the, I the have
2: official. it. Um, I have it from when it was on Encore or Mystery Channel or whatever. Well, you know, uncut and without commercials and...
1: There are, there's some nice extras, though, on the on the disc and...
4: There are, yeah, I, I can vouch such for as?
2: that. What's that? I said, you know, just t- to enlighten myself... What, and those, what that, extras that, are there on the DVD? You know, yeah. since, since a lot of the people in the US listening may not have the DVD, it might be to their interest to know oh, wait, what the
1: extras hang are. Hang on a second, I'm getting it! Oh, an I, I, Ababa. I thought Ken, Ken would do left... this,
4: which is why I, I wasn't going <laughs> to steal, steal his thunder... Um, but no, th- there is some...
1: Alright, here we go. But oh, it's I... Got a, can it's got Eric e, Roberts e, I e.
4: I know. I was going to comment about that, because I know how everybody's such a big fan of uh, that gentleman. <laughs> didn't didn't yes, we have a big discussion? That he's going to
2: be coming back from the... T- t-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah he's the new happen.
2: companion. Oh, God.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, let's take a look real quick. It says... Themes, Other, some moderate sci-fi horror Language, infrequent and mild Sex and nudity, none Violence, occasional and moderate Ah, rats Okay Uh, It's got commentary by Jeffrey Sachs A music feature On-screen production notes, photo gallery Exclusive footage of cast and crew interviews Behind-the-scenes featurettes Yeah, it's got a lot of stuff on it
4: (laughs) It has It's pretty good Alright,
1: cool I'll have to Um, pick it up yeah, there's, there are some nice making-of uh, features on here, and some some of the um, like a video press kit. There was a lot of interviews with the cast, uh, little blurbs. I, I'm I'm a little I, I to to take my cue from James. I take it with a pinch of salt when Eric Roberts says that he is a big Doctor Who fan, because if I corner him at a you know at like a, a thing someday, you know, a press junket, I'm gonna quiz him on Doctor Who. And he it may surprise you. Who knows? If he's just like, you know, I, Pyramids of Mars was a great story, but I really like Brain of Morbius more, then then I'm in. You know, you got me.
2: James, he's wasn't like, there some sort of famous uh, football player last year that, that came out as a, a Doctor Who fan? Um, that got a lot of press. Or... I can't remember if there,
4: if there some was some sports
2: bloke that came out. Um, I d- I don't as a know Who
4: because fan. I d- I don't really follow the sports news all that much. But I wouldn't be surprised because, I mean, in this past year, well, Doctor Who has always been really big here in the UK. I mean, I suppose in the US, it's it's perhaps well, I don't know. But I'm I'm just going off from what people have told me is that it's quite a. It's a, it has very much a cult following, whereas here in the UK, pretty much everybody watches mm-hmm. Doctor Who on a Saturday night. Well, you can't get forty percent viewing think, figures. So. Yeah,
2: I think especially you know prior to the Sci Fi Channel, it was really you know a, a, a pretty much a cult following here. It's, it, it'd be interesting to see how it kind of stands up today, especially after uh, the two thousand and six series uh, comes out on the Sci Fi Channel. Whether or not it's you know making any headway into what might be called mainstream but then again the sci-fi channel isn't really mainstream either say this, yeah that's true since when was it about
1: March or April that the show started running on, um, on sci-fi yeah I think it was um, March 17th I've counted it- and I've personally turned
2: eight people onto the show you know, what would be a true, a true test is to go in the U.S. and just happen to, like, I haven't been in one in, in, in some years, but just to go, like, into a Toys R Us and see if they have any Doctor Who toys in there and, you know, figures or whatnot. Um, and if, that, that's, that's probably a big old no. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that would be the litmus test, whether or not it's breaking <laughs> into mainstream or not. You know, if that's it's in true. Toys R Us, but you know, it's... <laughs> Lewis, I, I did have
1: someone, a friend, go into Best Buy to pick up the mm-hmm. box set. And they uh, they found it with no problem. And the person goes, "Oh, Doctor Who, it's right over here." You know, like they knew what it was all about. Well, Best
2: Buy really, you know, thumbs up to Best Buy. They really promoted it, and they put it in their in their flyers and their the ad campaign. They had television ads too, I think. You know, for it. So uh, they were really, you know, promoting it.
4: I have to say, um, I've been to Best Buy maybe two times in my life, but I love it. It's a brilliant shop, Mm. and the guys in there always seem to know. What they're on about, and it's just a massive place. So I really like Best Buy, and I think, to be honest, if I was in the U.S., that would be the place where I would probably purchase it from. Because, uh,
1: and by yeah, the way, they'll... Best Buy, you can mail that check to P.O. Yes, Box. Yes,
4: please do. <laughs> no, I just, I just, I've been to places like Circuit City and all over, but the the best shop that I've seen in the U.S. that I really like is is Best Buy, just because yeah, it, it's got kind of everything under one roof. It's,
2: it's a term, I don't know if it's used in the U.K. or elsewhere. I know in the U.S. there's a, there's a term called um, big box stores, you know, where you, stores that you go to buy stuff that comes in big boxes, and Best Buy is like one of them, Circuit City and these other places you mentioned would fall into that category as well. So out of all like those big box stores, Best Buy's I would say, is my favorite as well. I always
1: thought mm. they called it big box because the, the buildings are just big boxes.
4: But isn't that true of oh, things like well, Walmart possibly. and stuff too?
2: <laughs> then Toys R Us could be fit into that too, then no, I, I, I think it had to do with that, you know, usually you're coming out there you know look at their shopping carts. <laughs> They're like flatbeds. <laughs> uh, I, only Even... the, I only go to Corvettes or Times Square stores. Mm, you're a good thing you're a time lord that you could travel <laughs> and <laughs> you forgot two guys just remember
1: every day is a sales day at Mays <laughs> those are some, some, some for, stores for from
2: all youth for those that are completely clueless what Ken is talking about they are big chain stores in, that are no more in the US no longer in existence <laughs> Yeah.
4: alrighty so I think I don't know about you guys but I've just got one more story that I'm, I've got penned down here to talk about Um, which was initially reported by um, Bad Wolf um, on our website, um, which is that Big Finish has finally updated their website and have released the latest installment of uh, The Nowhere Place with Colin Baker and uh, Maggie Stables. Colin Baker obviously being the Sixth Doctor and Maggie as Evelyn, his companion. But they've also announced um, the launch of a new four-part mini-series. Uh, which will be in September, and that's called I, Davros, Mm -hmm. um, which begins with the episode Innocence, which tells the story of Davros allegedly before he actually created the Daleks. But what I think is so interesting about this is, aside from starring, uh, of course, Terry Malloy, who is probably the most famous voice of of Davros and is just the Davros, um, Rory Jennings, um, who played... Tommy Connolly mm-hmm. in the episode uh, The Idiot's Lantern, he's actually playing the young Davros. So I might even go out and buy this because I'd be really interesting well, in- interested to see what Big Finish make of this.
2: Same, you know what's really fascinating about this whole thing is that because recently I had the opportunity to watch uh, *Genesis of the Daleks* uh, on the DVD because um, I just hadn't gotten to it, even though it came out in June. So I was watching it a couple, uh, I guess, a couple weeks ago. And while I was watching it, it occurred to me that um, if Davros were to return, it would probably be more interesting to see Davros at a younger age, like Davros before *Genesis of the Daleks*. You know, maybe before he was in in that wheelchair device. You know, and see how he was as a younger person and um so when i read this i said wow they must you know they were reading my mind because this is exactly what i was thinking about while you know watching genesis of the daleks that it might be interesting Mm. to kind of explore davros's past and how he became who he is you know sure Um, what was his motivations for yeah you know know, and what kind of led to i mean sort of like you know how darth vader became darth vader and you know and you know it kind of It piques us curiosity how someone is a particular way, and how did he or she get that way? But uh, Colin also had emailed us about this news as well, and um, uh, you know, know,
4: the huge big finish. Yeah,
2: which he reports that they'll they also have an audio trailer for the Gathering, which is a sneak preview of Janet Fielding. uh, Janet Fielding's also known who plays the. I was going to say also known as Tegan, but. (laughs) Um, you know, who's known to us as Teagan, uh, you know, her return role. So um, that's interesting as well.
4: Yeah, a single story with Peter Davison, her only one that she's ever going to do with um, Big Finish, allegedly. So Mm. that will will be another interesting one, because obviously Teagan was a hugely popular companion. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Mouth on legs, Who I loved Yeah. (laughs) Who didn't. So...
4: uh, any, any further comments, ideas, or suggestions, guys? I, that's all I had penciled down for the news. I don't know about you chats.
2: Well, we do have a Canadian update, perhaps. Oh, of course. Let's... The Canadian update. <laughs> We're going to um, try to uh, get a hold of our Canadian correspondent, Mike Duran, and see if he can um, join us for an update on, um, obviously, what's Doctor Who news in Canada. So, um, please hold on.
0: Oh, Canada, our home, home and native, native land, yeah. true, true patriot, patriot, patriot love, in all thy son's command,
5: with, with glowing hearts we
0: see thee rise, the true Lord, strong and free, oh, Canada, we shall not foresee. Hello. Hey, Hello. Mike.
4: As we previously mentioned, uh, we have here with us on the show right now, uh, Mr. Michael Duran, who is our Canadian correspondent, who has all sorts of interesting news about Canada and is going to give us an update. So uh, please take it away, Mike.
6: Uh, Hi, James. Hi, guys. Uh, Good to be on the show. Uh, Welcome back, Mike. Good to have you here. The the big news we have, it's not not so much... uh, Uh, We already knew that uh, CBC was going to be airing Series 2 starting uh, Thanksgiving uh, on Monday, October 9th. But starting this week, they're airing promos for their fall season. And pretty much every day, there's a promo running on CBC television. It's a clips of a whole bunch of things, including New Earth and Tooth and Claw. So, I mean, we're more than two months away from the premiere and they're already running a promo for Doctor Who. So I think that's a... That that's pretty exciting, and I can't imagine mm-hmm. how much promotion we're gonna start seeing by the time uh, the episodes hit the air. Uh, we, with series one, we didn't have the oppor- they didn't have the opportunity to promote it this far in advance. Mm. So uh, you can see it's definitely gonna be one of the flagships of their uh, their autumn lineup. Fantastic. So um, that's. It's out of my mouth. Yeah, that, that's pretty exciting. So uh, another uh, interesting story that we've had come through this week is to do with Series 2 airing on Air Canada. Air Canada is the flagship airline of Canada, uh, flies all over the world. And over the last year, they've had episodes from the first series running on Air Canada flights. Um, certainly within North America and I think outside of North America as well. But we got a word from a Dwin correspondent this week that they're airing Series 2 already on Air Canada, and on a flight between, I think it was Nova Scotia and Newfoundland, uh, just on Wednesday, somebody got to see New Earth before CBC airs it. Wow. So that's, uh, wow. Ki- kind of exciting. I guess mm-hmm. it's, it's good if it's the first episode, but if you, if you hadn't seen any of the season, you might want to see a later episode from the from the series if it's not going to be on for a few months mm-hmm. but uh, it's still kind of interesting as I've heard about a lot of airlines showing Doctor Who this first first one I've heard of showing the second series I, I'm sure somebody is going to email in and say no I saw it on Singapore Airlines or something but it's just uh, the first that I've heard of it so it's uh,
4: pretty awesome because I don't even think that British Airways do that one I don't know but um, I can't imagine them doing that so that is kudos to Air Canada. Love yeah, it. I
6: I I only know about series 1. I know series 1 is aired on a whole bunch of different airlines but uh, it's it's first for series 2 I think just considering it hasn't aired in very many countries yet uh, only yeah. only 3 so far. So anyway, um probably uh, another another thing we should uh, should mention was of course last month we had uh, Rob Sherman here in Toronto for the T-Con convention. It was a huge uh, multimedia science fiction convention held every year in Toronto. And Rob was the Doctor Who guest. Now, T-Con,
2: that's uh, for tea lovers, right? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, couldn't resist. It should should
6: be called B-Con for beer lovers, I guess. But yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it used to be Toronto Trek, but the convention uh, it still has a, a Star Trek element to it. But they dropped uh, they dropped Star Trek as their main focus. I don't know, probably ten years ago or more. Mm. And uh, so it's it's it goes by. You hear it called TT TCon. I I, I tend to go with TCon for Toronto Con. Mm-hmm. and and it's it's a really big convention i know that rob when he got there was really shocked to see just how big it was compared to the the doctor who conventions he's done and uh T-Con will have two three thousand attendees uh and of course at a convention that's this big you know two three thousand people and you know eighty percent of them are have no interest in doctor who or ninety percent of them but it, even if that that 10 percent or 15 or 20 is our Doctor Who fans, still means there's a, a good turnout for all the Doctor Who panels and all the Doctor Who programming. Yeah, and uh, we had uh, Doctor Who panels that ran every day of the convention. Uh, I did a number with uh, with Rob. Uh, some of the other the Dwin people did. Uh, we had had one person come up uh during the weekend and mention pod I should say I was, oh. was happy that that somebody unfortunately i wasn't at the at the Dwin table when uh when she came by, but somebody did come by after my uh, mention of uh to do so on the show before the convention mm-hmm. and uh yeah, it was a, a real good turnout for Doctor Who fans and especially new fans people that we've never seen at the the Doctor Who panels before
2: mm-hmm.
6: I don't know if uh if I know Icon, I know they do Doctor Who stuff every year. I don't know if it was a new crowd this year, but certainly TCon was a was a uh, the old the old the old people were still the people we see every year, but a lot of new faces. And and Rob was a very popular guest. He's a very accessible guest as well.
2: It, it's it's mm. great seeing new faces, you know, that are interested in Doctor Who now. And I know uh, just from you know our website, we get new fans and young fans, and it's just great seeing a. Whole new generation, if you will, or or regardless of age, a whole new um, brew of, of of fans, fandom out there, coming to the series and learning about it and exploring, you know, the new series as well as what came before it.
0: Yeah,
6: the, the only probably the only letdown for the for the convention was that they uh, the organizers weren't sure how many people would have seen the second series uh, in advance of it airing in uh, in, in North America.
2: And then they realized they all have internet access. And... <laughs> well, it,
6: it, exactly. They only gave us one hour of, of uh, on the Friday night, they gave us a one-hour spoiler session to talk about the second series. And, of course, there's, there's, I don't know, 70 people in the room or something like that, and, and everybody has seen the second series already, or except for the, the final episode, which hadn't aired yet, mm. uh, anywhere. And, and, and then all weekend we we're having these panels where a majority of the crowd has seen the episodes, but we're not allowed to talk about them. Uh, some of the some of the panels, I think the the rules got broken just because the there were so many people in the room that wanted to talk about those episodes. But at other times, it was a bit frustrating. It's uh, I guess that, that's being a Doctor Who fan in two thousand and six when everybody everybody can see. Uh, Twenty years ago, most people wouldn't have had a preview of these episodes. But but th- these days, I guess most people that go to conventions. Have seen the episodes before they air on the local broadcaster, so.
2: Yeah, but when we did the the live pod shock on at Icon, we had you know set us you know we made a point not to give away spoilers because people in you know listening in in the live audience may not have seen them yet. So, uh, but there was some fans you know some Doctor Who fans in the audience that were you know they attended. The, the live recording that were a little, you know, annoyed that we were doing it spoiler-free because they they were, they almost wanted those that didn't, you know, know about it to, to yeah. stick their fingers in their ears so that we could talk about it.
6: Yeah, definitely. I think next year the, the, the people that run the convention are going to have to, and, and not just this convention, but I think any convention where they cover Doctor Who, they're going to have to have uh, more... Uh, more spoilered panels and uh, still have some stuff set aside for people that haven't seen it uh, but uh, give people a chance to, to talk about the episodes they've watched so it's, it's a bit weird since we've yeah. had we had a it's our second convention since series one aired in Canada uh, and w- without a new series yet because of the autumn, spring broadcast for series one and then an autumn broadcast for series two. But anyway, uh that, that that small item aside, we're really impressed with the this is the biggest turnout Doctor Who's ever had at at that convention. And the convention's been running since Doctor Who was on the air in the eighties and there was I was doing stuff at there nearly twenty years ago.
2: Mm-hmm. So
6: this is the, the biggest Doctor Who has ever been. And yeah, that's right. Uh, and yeah, you know, I can't keep you know just keep repeating myself, but it was a terrific turnout and a terrific terrific convention.
4: I'm really pleased, it's always awesome to see that and uh, it's nice that the, I mean we were talking about it previously in the uh, the show saying that as the show gains momentum and with all these spin-off series that's only good for conventions, even if a convention isn't Doctor Who specific, just a, a random sci-fi convention because it would be pretty awesome if somebody got into Doctor Who just from going to a random convention, just because they have an interest in Star Trek or Star Wars or something, and they just happen to have a Doctor Who guest or something, so...
6: Sorry, James, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, mate. I was going to say, I just wanted to agree with you, James. I think that that could definitely happen. Uh, When it comes to uh, television ratings, Doctor Who... In Canada, Doctor Who probably gets bigger TV ratings than... Well, I know it gets... Twenty times the number of people to watch Battlestar Galactica in Canada, but at the, from, at the science fiction convention level, I would say Galactica is a lot bigger than Doctor Who and has a lot more um, hard—I don't want to say hardcore fans or dedicated fans, even though on TV. Uh, Doctor Who's a much bigger show. So, uh, the conventions seem to be a good way to promote, uh, promote Doctor Who to the, the hardcore science fiction fans so that they get on board with what the general viewing public is already doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that's, it's, it's kind of a, kind of the reverse the way it should work or it yeah. used to work. Uh, yeah. but, but that's, uh, that's what I get a lot of, we get a lot of people coming by the table who, uh, who are interested asking about it. They might remember the old show and, uh, but not necessarily did they watch, uh, the brand new show. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's uh, we're, uh, we're we're really happy, and we're sure, I'm sure next year they're going to get another Doctor Who guest in, uh, and hopefully uh, more than one Doctor Who guest next year. Yeah, that would be uh, fantastic. That's, that's my hope. <laughs> know, Is Ken still with us? Is he blacked
1: out? I'm listening to you guys chatting away. I didn't want to interrupt anybody. <laughs>
4: He's uh, listening in.
1: I'm We're sorry, he's poking Luce. Ken with, with the proverbial <laughs> stick just to make sure yes, he's still with just us. just to make sure he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> is he still alive? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, the heart's still beating.
2: <laughs> well, I know Ken good, earlier good. did a plead out to our listeners to get everyone uh, to write to ICON, the, the the staff there, because right now this is the time where they're doing their planning for next year, uh, ICON 26, so we want to make sure there's a, at least one Doctor Who guest. So, uh, once again, a reminder to those in, um, in this area and then General New, I York, guess, New York, New York, New Jersey, Tri Connecticut, area, yeah, yeah. to uh, get busy and contacting Icon and demand a Doctor Who guest.
6: Yeah, or even anybody who travels, because I know that uh, in Toronto we get people from uh, certainly from all over mm-hmm. uh, all over North America. But there were pe- somebody I met somebody there from Israel, or people from Europe. Uh, and you, know, you go to any convention, you always meet there's a big percentage of people that travel. So. If if people are willing to travel, then uh, I think that makes getting Doctor Who guests on board even more important. Yeah, because uh, yeah. that says something. If somebody's going to fly to your city to go to that convention, uh, then it's worth giving them something they want to you know that they want to see. Sure, mm-hmm. I couldn't agree uh, more. I did have one other, uh thing, it's not really a news story that I wanted to mention, and that was, uh, there had been, uh, been some talk on the show recently about uh, uh, BBC America and BBC Canada and maybe some confusion about, about the channels, mm-hmm. and, and I wanted to bring it up because uh, certainly in the States you have BBC America and in Canada we have uh, BBC Canada, uh, separate channels neither of which show Doctor Who, but in Canada we also have a channel called BBC Kids that I think a lot of people maybe don't know about. and. BBC Kids, it's a digital cable channel way up the dial. Uh- But they show Doctor Who seven days a week. Wow! Uh, And and this is the uh, this is the the original series. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're getting uh, certainly we're getting the the new series, uh, the 2005 series on CBC, and we're getting it again in French on Zetelé. But we get the uh, the original series, and this is just the uh, their package of episodes they own runs from uh, uh, all the color episodes from *Spirit from Space* or John Pertwee through the end of Sylvester McCoy. Um, they, 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 unfortunately, I think, skip over all or most of the black and white uh, stories, uh, just based on their uh, their remit as a channel. As a, I mean, they're called a kids channel, but they show a lot of nostalgia programming like Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, every Saturday and Sunday night, this is uh, it, it runs fairly late at night. D- differs depend on the time zone you're in, but after midnight, uh, certainly in the East, uh, they run. Right now, they're running a complete Peter Davison story. Uh, so every weekend two stories and what they do is they don't even edit it into a movie. They run it episode one, two, three, four. that's the best. Uh, yeah so you you still get the cliffhanger, then you get mm-hmm. a commercial break and then you get the next episode. So it's uh, right. Yeah. It's the, the benefit of the Doctor Who movie, but we're still with the cliffhangers intact
2: well it gives viewers the option of, of viewing it either way because if you're recording it then you could you know break it up into just episodes and just like one watch one episode you know here that you have time for and you know not everyone has a big chunk of time to kind of devote to watching it all at, at once so
1: exactly but in, it I, also it also yeah. has like a, a natural pause you know you, you know when those credits roll mm-hmm. that if you need to run to the loo or you know do something you know grab something to eat you have a few seconds where you're not going to miss the story. I think it's brilliant. It's it's a it's a uh, one of those things that makes Doctor Who unique. Uh, all mm-hmm. those cliffhangers and the serializations.
6: Yeah, mm-hmm. and even though I, I know these episodes are on, it it's just every now and again it'll take me by surprise. I'll be flipping around on the channels late at night, <laughs> uh, and then Doctor and Doctor Who's on, and it's always exciting to flip yeah. across and find Doctor Who live on TV. I, I, I just I never bore of that. Yeah. Cause yep. they, uh, as I said, they got the the Davison episodes the full Davison stories on the weekends, but right now they're also running uh John pertwee Monday to Friday late at night, so we get two John Pertwees every day um, right so i don't know how many episodes that's' ten episodes up to up to up to probably up to eighteen episodes or twenty episodes a week on
4: prior the channel you, but
1: pr- prior to you joining us on the podcast, we were talking about um how there was a time when you know we didn't have any Doctor Who and what you're talking about reminds me of the 80s mid 80s the when uh here in new york you could turn on just about any pbs channel at any given time and mm-hmm. run into doctor who and yeah. you know we couldn't get enough of that i mean lewis mm-hmm. will tell you we used to be able to see it you know on it's, channel 21 it, like, 31 every major 50.
2: well every pbs yeah. station except for probably the, the, the biggest one here which is channel 13 WNY. wne Uh, WNET was the only one that wasn't showing it but it seems like every other PBS you know that we could receive was getting it yeah yeah
6: yeah, well, it's it, it's uh, it's a great thing, even though, you know, I'm sure I've got all the VHSs and all the DVDs. But
1: there's nothing and, like turning on the TV
6: and well, seeing it. Exactly. But the difference
2: here is that, you know, we have those and, and we were, you know, fans that had the inkling to buy them. But for to getting that exposure out for a casual person that may have just been changing channels and just coming across it, it's great to get that introduction of the series to new people, to new fresh eyes, and that's what's so exciting, and that's why I can constantly campaign for, you know, for the old series to to be played here in the U.S. still, just to uh, get that exposure, because it's, it has no exposure here, except for uh, one or two PBS stations that may still be showing it
6: yeah. well, in the U.S. BBC, BBC Kids, I think they've been running it for five years now, and it's very quiet and in the background, and sometimes we forget about it and on the on the Galfrey Embassy forums uh, palms was mm-hmm. asking about some, for some DVD recommendations and then uh, somebody had recommended i think the green death and he said oh green death is on TV right now and, and that that's what clicked my mind to get thinking about it again and go to the website and and check what they have on you just uh, stay that's the thing we always miss doctor who and sometimes we take it for granted when it's on yeah. and uh i think i've taken bbc kids a bit for granted because i forgot i hadn't seen it in a while and uh it, it was out of my mind, but uh, I've been turned back on to the the live broadcast this weekend. hmm So and, and, and you know, it's it's a great thing. I wish I wish everybody had uh had access to it. I think uh, I mean, because I know in the States the, the classic series isn't airing and I think in Britain UK can uh, yeah, no, what's it uh, UK, it's a, UK Gold. Gold. I, I think it's U Gold, yeah. Yeah, I think their run of Doctor Who has either come to an end or is coming to an end, I've heard, and... uh... I think so, because
4: they used to do it, um, well, I used to watch the Omnibuses, which is pretty much what you've described back-to-back Doctor Who on, uh, I think it was either Saturdays or Sunday mornings, but I've not seen it for a while. So, yeah, it pretty pretty much seems to be coming to an end, so... It's it's a a credit to Canada that you've got it running every single day. Well... Uh,
6: um... Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. I'm, I'm glad we have it. So, in case any any listeners didn't know about it, uh, hopefully now you do. And uh, check out through your your cable or satellite package, BBC Kids. It's uh, available in a bunch of different packages. Uh, usually, I think if you're getting, I think if if you get BB, the regular BBC Canada Channel and such, you can you can get BBC Kids as well.
2: Oh, that's great, uh, Mike. Thank you so much for uh, you know coming on and giving us a Canadian report. <laughs>
6: terrific, Good to be here.
2: Um, if you If you like, you can stay with us we're going to go into our feedback section we we're, we're actually uh, we did an extended news um, segment in this pod shock because um, we didn't do news last week and there was such big news stories breaking out that we wanted to you know thoroughly you know give it its due and um, yeah. and then we have feedback to catch up on. Sure okay, great. Sure. I'll hang around. so we'll be right back and we'll return with Dr Who pod Shock feedback. Thank you once again, Mike. We'll
3: see okay. you on the other side of this break.
2: Hello,
4: I'm Elizabeth Sladen, and you're listening to Doctor Who Podshop.
0: Listen to what people are saying about the sci-fi sea cruise.
7: Dan called me up and said uh, we're having a writer's workshop, as well as doing this cruise, as well as going to Mayan ruins. And uh, uh, you know, I'm like,
2: all right, all right, I'll come. As a writer, I want to get more tips, find out a little bit more about what can help me in my craft.
0: You're basically taking a vacation with the actor, even though it's not planned that way. It just happens. It was just
2: a chance to meet fans, meet people, be sure that I wasn't the only one on the entire planet that was watching it,
0: essentially. It guess just to have fun and hang out with different people. I'm just glad to be in the nice weather.
3: So I would love to do this every year.
0: You'll have a great time, too, meeting your favorite celebrities on the Sci-Fi Sea Cruise. For full information, visit our website at members.aol.com sfcruise. That's members.aol.com slash sfcruise. The Sci-Fi Sea Cruise.
2: Okay, we're back with Doctor Who Podshock, and once again with us is um, Mike Duran, our Canadian correspondent, along with um, Ken and James, our regular host. And and,
1: and I have to apologize for offending Mike before he even hears the entire episode, because when he goes back and listens (laughs) to this, and here's what I say about how we beat the Canadians to the punch with this September 29th thing. But technically...
2: Yeah, you know, a little nationalism I mean, showing here on
1: Canterbury. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we were just we're having some good-spirited fun that, you know, they they beat the hell out of us with this whole first series thing.
2: Just to fill in Mike, what we're talking about Mike here is that we did we reported on the the news, even though it hasn't been officially yeah. announced, uh, concerning the Sci-Fi channel getting uh, the 2006 series of Doctor Who starting on September 29th, uh, which is a couple of weeks uh, prior to the Canadian yeah. um, broadcasting channel. But, but are they getting Christmas Invasion? Yeah, we don't know this yet. This is the big debate. Ah. Yeah, we, <laughs> there, the There's really debate. no... I mean, again, it's an
1: unofficial <laughs> leak about it, so we're not even yeah. sure yet, but we're just getting a little excited that for for once, we're actually going to get something on time, or or even in this case, before you know even CBC. Well, um, so you guys will have to drive to us this time to watch
2: well, it. With well, the, the ironic thing is that that you know, see, the, the CBC is a sponsor, is a one of the um, not not a sponsor, yeah. but one of the
6: a co-producer. Co-producer.
2: Thanks
4: to CBC <laughs> at the end of every single. Uh, episode yeah. at the credits, yeah. yeah
6: but in the a... end, money talks. It's okay. I'm sure we're getting. I'm sure we're getting Torchwood before you are. So <laughs> <laughs> CBC is also co-producing. So.
3: No, so we'll have you canine adventures before you.
1: <laughs> I was to say, you think no, no, you're no. getting
2: it first. But wait, <laughs> wait, you see what happens.
4: Fight, 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 fight.
2: <laughs> and watch. And out of the blue, Australian will nab the Sarah <laughs> yeah. Jane Smith series before. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, can I just say one? Well, I, if I was going to be petty now, I would say, well, Britain got it first because we made most of it, but I'm, I'm not going to do damn that. damn thing. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> we're going to go into feedback. Yes. That's what we're going to do.
2: All right. Okay, so we have uh I, I, again since we last week we didn't do feedback we had a special uh, we, we did a special round table discussion we broke away from our regular format, so we've collected a lot of feedback in that time so we're going to try to get through some of it today and uh, we're going to start off with uh, Tiggs panther, who had some comments about. Doomsday. So, just a spoiler alert uh, in case you haven't seen it. To skip ahead, to, um, af- you know, um, if you're listening to the enhanced podcast, just skip to the next chapter for the next piece of feedback. But this is a uh, ticks Panther and his comments on um, on Doomsday.
5: Hi, uh, this is Tix from Aldershot again, and I'm just taking some time out from listening to Podshot 47 and the EMT. To make a few observations about Doomsday. Um, Firstly, about Mickey. What I really loved about this story is that he's grown so much. Um, The core him is still the same, but he's a lot stronger. You can tell he's a lot more comfortable with how things are, especially with him and Rose and the Doctor. The whole tell-me-about-it line shows that he's fully accepted. The Rose is mad on the Doctor, but he, Mickey, is not as bugged by it anymore. And he was genuinely pleased to see the Doctor, too. Even earlier in the series, you can tell that he respected the Doctor. The end scene of Age of Steel proves that, but now the jealousy doesn't get in the way of that. Secondly on the Doctor, um, he tries to leave Rose in safety, but yet he grabs two of the Magna clamps. Part of me thought that it might be a bit of a plot hole, but then the mischievous part of my mind just uh, kicked in. He's learning doesn't matter how many times he tells the, um, the companion to go to safety, they will follow. After several centuries of travel, maybe he's learning a few things. The parting itself, and I apologise for the um, washing machine in the background. Um, since the Chris Eccleston days, we've had the Doctor going on about his fear of losing roads, and it's a credit to the writing and the acting that we're now shown that it's not exaggeration when he thought that she was falling into the void, when he knows that she's safe but currently separated, he's genuinely cut up about it. So they were actually building on something that's been there even since the previous Doctor. And all those things together added on top of so much else. I just really, really loved the story. Yeah, it has a few potholes and a few little minor niggles, but all in all, I loved it. Pig's Panther, signing off, I think. Very, very poignant
4: comments. I think. Um, yeah,
1: I, I I agree. I I really enjoyed um, David Tennant when I mean he's screaming in terror when when uh, Rose lets go in the in the tunnel and getting sucked in. I mean that for me it was uh it was just incredibly powerful. I mean and and, and you know actors who usually go and they'll deliver deliver a strong performance in a scene like that. David Tennant looked. Completely terrified, co- co- just, just, you know, in in horror, and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, you feel that when an actor pulls it off, when it's done right, it, it's just terrifying, and it was. That scene was incredible.
4: Yeah, you really did believe that uh, he was uh, just feeling so much pain that when when he realizes that Rose is okay, she's alive, but. Um, You know, she's she's gone through to the other dimension. You can just see this immense sadness on his face when he's still grasping on to this big black thing stuck to the wall. I don't know quite how to describe it. Um, When after the void closes up, you just you believe it for every second. You don't think, oh, it's a TV show. It's just fantastic acting on both Billy Piper and David Tennant's. uh, You know, just testament to the entire series. up to that point, I guess. So, but, yeah, there were. I mean, we've talked about it on the forums at length. Uh, there are minor plot holes and things that you can pull to pieces and why doesn't the TARDIS get sucked into the void and why doesn't this, that and the other hand. But at the end of the day, it is a terrific story. And
2: uh-huh.
4: as a season finale, I, I really can't see how they could have topped it, personally.
1: Till
4: next uh, year. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
2: There you go. I, I just wanted to apologize for the audio there. That was the way it came in, and it sounded like a, a zipper now and then being, under, you know, I don't know where that came from, but. <laughs>
1: oh, that was me, Lewis.
4: Oh. <laughs> I, won't I won't ask. I won't ask. How rude. How rude. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So, um,. Continuing with our feedback, we have um, Christian from our, who's a, a summer or a regular um, participant in feedback. And Christian's in Germany, and he usually fills us in on what's going on in Germany in relationship to Doctor Who. So uh, Christian had chimed in with this piece of feedback.
3: Hello, Christian from Germany. Um, just. I just want to inform you about Doctor Who, the Doctor Who status here in Germany, and there was an interview with the, what's it called in English, Commander-in-Chief or something, um, of Pro7.de, Pro7.de, they bought the the series and uh, he told at uh, the the website Quotenmeter. It's about ratings and uh, TV infos and stuff like that. Uh, that Pro 7 is waiting till uh, the second series is through. So uh, they're dubbing it at the moment and are not sure when they will uh, send it. So that's the news from here at the moment. It's sad that uh, if you ask, a mail or if you ask per telephone at the Zuschauer Um in English, oh... well, you uh, get the idea the people who are very nice at the telephone but don't say anything at all um, they say, well, perhaps we'll send it 2006 in autumn, perhaps not perhaps if some series is really swelling or the ratings are very low for our series. We can put the, the Who instead of this series there. Hmm. Well, at last, some news for seven. And uh, I heard some rumor about the uh, German WhoCast, www.whocast.de de, de, um, um that uh, some guys there have something to do with the dubbing, and if you listen closely to the Daleks there, I think you might figure out how they will sound in German. I think uh, it's very on the original, so to speak. Um, uh, I saw some German episodes of Doctor Who in the last time and uh, sometimes the Dalek sounds like Mickey Mouse and uh, sometimes they were even worse Um, so I hope uh, if that's true what I heard, that the Dalek voices will be very good in the dubbing. Well, that's that Um, have a great podcast, have a great uh, season um, whatsoever
2: That's awesome.
4: It's always great to hear uh, from Christian. I, I love hearing the news from from Germany, um, and it's it's interesting. Um, it's, uh, France has had the series. Uh, loads of European countries have snapped it up, and uh, I, I'm quite astonished that uh, that Germany has been quite slow on the uptake. But uh, nonetheless, it's it's great to hear from Germany and. Uh, I think this guy should be our German correspondent. Though. Yeah, I think not, so. Yeah. Him <laughs> or, or Anchor or both of mm-hmm. them, because uh, both do a, a great job. So uh, ch- thanks for the update, mate.
2: Yeah, and uh, Dalek sounding like Mickey Mouse, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen
6: quite a few of those. Uh, what have I? Th- I think I've seen three Dalek stories in German. Uh, if you include the five doctors, which is the one that I think has the really Mickey Mouse Dalek really? voice, and they, they do <laughs> appear to have different voices and different stories. Mm. There is there is a clip from the five doctors up online. On uh, I don't know if I can uh, YouTube? on YouTube on YouTube mm. if you search for German Dalek, you can <laughs> see a clip. And, uh, <laughs> it's 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 pretty funny. Um, but I, I, I think it's, it's, it's one thing that's really cool about Germany is even though they don't have the new series yet, they have fans, and they have a fan organization there. And a lot of countries that have already had the new series, they, they don't seem to have any organized to people uh, talking about Doctor Who, whereas in Germany they have websites, they have uh, all yeah. sorts of stuff going on. So that's that's absolutely terrific.
2: Hmm. yeah. Well, moving on, we have, in, in, in our, since our last uh, time we did feedback our regular caller of uh, feedback Scott is um, was quite busy he sent us in three messages and we're just gonna, they're, they're fairly short we're just gonna play them back to back and we'll have our comments after that so this is uh, Scott once again
0: be Scott 750 Alias Scott McCowan, of course uh, to uh Saw a doomsday loved it. I have to say, two thumbs up uh over I heard some rumor that it might have been Mickey or her father coming to save her. They did the best way of having her father be be the rescuer of Rose, when she fell through nearly fell through, and the Daleks uh cybermen poifett, it. Let's see, what else? My brain is trying to work. Oh, when Rose was was about to fall through the void, I thought at first, eh, maybe a slow motion thing when her father fades in and then a quick fade out. But that too, when I rewatched it, was also grand. And I'm so happy, I'm so thrilled that they didn't, quote unquote, knock her off. Use the lazy lazy writer way of trying to get her off the show, like so many other, like they did with Earthshock and Destiny of the, Do- uh, uh, not Destiny of the Daleks. Uh, the other one with William Hartnell, uh, brain farting something bad. And I can't wait till the Doctor reappears with a new companion. Oh, Daleks Master Plan, that's it. Can't wait till the Doctor returns again, with a new companion, very attractive companion, who should, in my opinion, come from the past, since he's already had two present, since he already had present and future companions. D Scott 750. See you till next time. Bye. This is D Scott 750, alias Scott McCowan, with uh, with Jackie now expecting from uh, from Pete. That's going to be a strange age difference between Billy's twin sister. Hmm, isn't it? Bye. Once again, the Scott 750. You were doing your recap, and when you got uh, tooth and tooth and claw, you hit it right on the money about how you said the, the violence wasn't really seen to me. And Tooth and Claw, it was like the original Psycho, where you didn't see what happened in the shower, but it left a lot for the imagination to fill in. Good. Good show. This is D. Scott750, alias Scott, of
5: course. Ciao. All
2: right. Well, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. And thank you, Scott. Yep. It's um, I I though I will disagree with um the, the easy way, right? easy way out is to kill off someone because um, it, I mean after forty three years of Doctor Who history, how many companions have died? It's not that you know it's it's not that common. It's mm. I, I I don't think it's a lazy way out. I think it's it's only natural that if you're faced with danger, that eventually someone's going to bite the bullet at one point, and um, it, I mean it adds a little bit real, it adds a little realism to the to the show that maybe we could lose a, a character, you know, and, and it's yeah. not, you know, so I, I you know, not that I was pulling for Rose to die or anything like that, I was just saying, you know <laughs> <laughs> that I, I disagree with some fans that say that killing off a character is is an easy way out I, I, yeah. I disagree with that
4: Yeah, I, I agree as well because well, I don't think they'll have done it to Rose because this has been the revival and she's been you know the first companion, and I don't think that they would do that um,
1: so just, early on. Yeah, yeah, so early
4: on. If they're going to do it, it will be in subsequent series. But I, I agree. It's, it's not. It is an easy way out for the writer. But in a sense, I, I can see what he's saying. But at the same time, as Lewis, you're right. It has a degree of realism, and it, and sometimes you just can't believe that they escape from certain situations that they do. And they should be dead and, you know, I, I like it when Companions um, get ex
2: <laughs> When off. Companions die, next on Fox TV. <laughs> <laughs> but
4: because um, everybody remembers that episode, whether you like the Companion or not.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Even if the episode is a bit lackluster, you'll always remember it because that's when, oh, that's when Adric died or... You know, whatever you remember it, it's it's in your brain, and it immediately becomes a classic episode.
2: Yeah, and yeah. Um, I should also, just for future reference, um, what we'll do, because sometimes when we're doing these feedbacks, we'll we'll forget what was in the feedback, and we don't give adequate spoiler warnings ahead of time, because obviously he was speaking of Doomsday and um, what events happened there, so. Um, it, 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 and I think we sort of established this a little bit already in past Pawtrak episodes, but if you hear cloister Bells in our oh, podcast, know that it's a, it's a spoiler warning. warning. It's a something that we're going to throw in in post-production once we realize Impending it, doom. Impending <laughs> doom. So um, let the cloister Bells be your guide. <laughs> your
4: guide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think it was Colin Abisok who came up with that idea, wasn't it? I, I
2: believe so, yeah. I, I,
4: Very good idea.
2: I... I, I latched onto it because I thought it was a great fantastic idea. It is. It All righty, well we do have another piece of feedback from Kenneth. He sent in a um, actually he sent in two pieces of feedback, so I think the first one is is kind of long, so maybe we'll just do one and we'll we'll take it from there and save the, the next one for another show. So going in order, this is um Kenneth's um, feedback concerning um, not sure if, uh, what it entails so if you hear cloister bells right now you know <laughs> it's a spoiler alert
7: <laughs> Hey there, Ken, Lewis, James This is Kenneth. Kenneth Cullen from Sheffield in the UK Fairly new to Podshock Been listening to, to them in order apart from a few that I managed to miss in the middle um, that was down to uh, a thing with my MP3 play- player, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I've got through many, many, many hours of of pod shock. Um What I thought I'd do is chip in, say I'm here, uh, say I'm on the Frapper Mapper as KG Mac, and I thought I might pick up on a few issues that I've heard raised uh, during the podchucks. So here goes. <laughs> One of the issues raised was the age of the Doctor. A caller asked whether or not the Doctor really was 900 and started working out reasons why he might not be. I think we just have to accept that the Doctor says he's 900 as a convenient shorthand for saying, I've been around a lot longer than anyone on Earth has. As a Time Lord, he doesn't experience time in the same linear fashion that we do, where our 22nd birthday is a year after our 21st birthday, etc., when the doctor's zipping backwards and forwards in space, do you think he has time to keep track of birthdays? I don't think so. I don't think time lords would actually have an off the top of the head concept of what age they are. Saying he's nine hundred years old is probably something the doctor has just learned along the time um a- a- along his time as a convenient way of dealing with this question from Earthlings. In the two part season finale For the 2006 series, I did think it was a wrong step of Russell T. Davis to give the Daleks a sense of humour. This does seem to humanise them a little too much, and humour really isn't what the Daleks are about. I almost expected when the Dalek made his joke about uh, the Cybermen being superior in only one respect, and that that was dying, uh, to hear a chorus of guffaws from the smash aliens from the 1970s TV commercial...
5: Most primitive
7: people. But seriously, part of the whole reason that the Daleks are as fear-inducing as they are is the fact that they don't actually have concepts of things like humour, feelings, emotions, etc. There's been a lot of discussion in the Podchocks about the BBC, and I just can't say how much I love the BBC. And I really feel sorry for people in countries that don't have publicly funded broadcasting outfits, such as ours. BBC3 is a television station which is probably unique in the world in that the controller of BBC3 does not care about ratings. The controller of BBC3 will show programmes which he might believe will achieve very, very low ratings. It's almost like a laboratory to test the public's reactions and see if the controllers of the TV channels are in step with the public mood. I can't conceive how that would work in any commercial organisation. So, I just wanted to explain more about BBC Three. Turning my attention now to you three, I love some of the interplay that goes on. Some of Lewis's little quips reveal a really deep and dark humour that really makes me laugh. And sometimes I do wonder what James is doing during the pod shocks. Do you think someone's gotten bound and gagged there? You get very many periods of James going. Mm. Mm. Mm.
3: Mm.
7: Mm. But other people are speaking. It's all right, James. Everyone has their secrets. I think it's probably best you keep yours. I'd also like to say that I thoroughly enjoyed the episode which Colin guest hosted. His Slightly Lily Savage-type voice just really made me laugh. He's very incisive, very witty, um, and I'd love to hear more of Colin. Uh, So, thanks, Colin. Good move, Mum. I should just say that at time of recording, I'm now up to Podshock 43, so I know I've got another three or four to still go before I catch up. So if any of the points I've raised have been nullified um, since then, I apologise. Moving on to my favourite Doctor, I think so far that really has to be Chris Eccleston. He really plays the role very well, and the the deep the depth of his loneliness that that, that comes through is is amazingly well played. And I do honestly think that's how a Time Lord would be, especially when the rest of his world um, has been destroyed. The other Doctors all were fantastic in their own ways. But for me, the Chris Eccleston portrayal of a dark and lonely figure really is what the Doctor should be. But he doesn't stay dark and lonely. He, doesn't, he does live the moment. He does have funny moments and touching moments and sad moments and, and wonderfully happy moments. I think it's a shame that there was only one Chris Eccleston series. I love a
3: happy medium. I might be wrong on this, and I, but I think
7: back in the darkness and depths of times, someone said that David Tennant is the first Scottish doctor. This isn't actually true, Sylvester McCoy was. The clue is in the clip that you keep playing where he says, Oh, I'm a jock, at the end of his, um, his introduction to Podshock. Perhaps some of the Americans haven't picked up on this because jock means a sports person in America, whereas in the UK, A jock is a slightly diminutive term for a Scots person. You've probably guessed from my accent that I am indeed Scots myself. And indeed grew up in Bathgate, the town where David Tennant was born, although he didn't actually grow up there. That more or less wraps up my comments, other than to say thanks guys for a great pod shock and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks a lot. Bye.
5: your last trip did you discover what the earth people eat they eat a great many of these they peel them with their metal knives boil them for 20 of their minutes then they smash them all to bits they are clearly a most primitive people for mash get smash
4: yeah, I In James's defense,
2: I, I I I do my share of mms as well when other people are talking. So, uh, but James has an excuse—he's drinking ale. What am I doing? <laughs>
4: Hmm. Uh, who can say Um, as as he rightly said everybody has secrets so (laughs) there we go I just want to say though that uh, for those who didn't understand that whole for mash gets smashed thing that was an advert in the 1970s where these strange alien robot things would basically take the mickey out of the human race for um, boiling potatoes and peeling them and mashing them Instead of just using smash, which is basically potato flakes, which you add water to to get instant mashed potato. Mm. So that's what that is about. And but I, <laughs> I um, I disagree, um, kind of, with the the whole Dalek joke yeah. thing. I didn't really take mm-hmm. that as a joke. I took that more as a threat. But I, I know what you mean because. Um, uh, I'm a huge fan of the magazine SFX Uh Um, here in the UK. It's one of the UK's biggest sci-fi magazines. And uh, there's this section in the magazine called If We Wrote the Scripts. And it basically played out the, the, the scene in Doomsday where the Cybermen and the Daleks first meet. And it is so funny because it's dubbed over with swearing, and they they do laugh at the end, and you can just imagine them laughing. So I know what he means entirely. Um, I I got that vibe as well, but I think that was more meant to be more of their threatening nature and their their um, patronising nature and their just complete dominance over every other species. So.
2: But I, I believe they—they they have to have some emotion embodied in within them. I mean, that t- only to make them interesting. I mean, where yeah. I mean, they do have a certain amount of pride and 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 arrogance and hate and, and fear. Hate. Yeah and. If you were to remove every bit of emotion they they're just essentially robots, and um that would be quite boring after a while and you know and it's 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 interesting to see when they back away when they see when they hear the doctor's name, or you know it's that fear is in, um you know is coming out, and you can see that portrayed in the Daleks. that's actually I think one of the best parts of the portrayal of the new Daleks is that backing off when they hear him,
1: yeah yeah.
6: I think the, the emotionless is what the Cybermen are supposed to be. The, mm-hmm. the Daleks, uh, back in the 60s, the Daleks always had a lot of emotion. I mean, uh, I think Doomsday may have taken it just to the next step, but the the old black and white Daleks very much had, had that kind of reaction, had, uh, had personalities. I think personality is probably the best word to use rather mm-hmm. than emotion. Yeah. And they had different personalities, and that one Dalek acted differently than another Dalek. And that was lost a bit. It, so in my opinion, that was lost a bit in the maybe Later in the, Pertwee, in the yeah. Pertwee stories. And then they brought in Davros, and Davros kind of took on a lot of the emotion, mm-hmm. and the Daleks became far more robotic.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah I as agree.
6: opposed to I mean the the term in the 60s they called them malevolent, and malevolent isn't a uh, an emotionless term. Mm-hmm. So I mean I I can see why people would feel that way or maybe it's it's a shock to to their system to see the Daleks with this much uh, personality. But I, for my money, the the Daleks in Doomsday are some of the best Daleks in the history of the show. I thought they were terrific.
2: Yeah, I agree. They were
6: very good. And 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 it it was it was threatening, but it was funny too. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the the banter between the Daleks and the Cybermen. I mean that's instant classic dialogue right there. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have
4: to scan the uh, SFX and send it to you guys because it is very very funny. It made me
6: chuckle. I definitely yeah. would love to see that. Yeah. SFX is a great magazine. We get it every month. It's it's hilarious. I love it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <sighs> All righty, so I think that's going to bring us to a close of our, another episode of Doctor Who Parachute, and uh, I want to thank um, everyone involved, especially James, coming back after his long hiatus and holiday. <laughs> <laughs> welcome Thank back to James it's, it's great to having back. you back on yeah, board
1: I, I mean it is a little disappointing he didn't bring anything back from the states for us but that's okay <laughs> I thought
2: he did <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, um, yeah I'm sorry
4: about that I'll bring back more next time
2: Mike once again it's a pleasure having you on board and um, not just for the Canadian um, report but for your other comments as well
6: well, nice to be back.
2: Yeah, cheers, grand happy. Yeah,
6: Lewis,
2: plans. it's great you. having you back. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gone. All right. Uh, <laughs> off the deep end. <laughs> off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. So Ken, um, as always, it's a, it's a pleasure having you—not back, but with us, as always. Oh, uh, the pleasure was all yours. <laughs>
4: <laughs> too right. Too
2: right. <laughs> So uh, we'll be back next week, and we're going to be reviewing the brand-new 1996... uh, Okay, it's not so brand-new. It's a (laughs) decade-old TV movie with Paul McGann, Doctor Who, sometimes called The Enemy Within, sometimes called The Video Movie, sometimes called... Huh? And... (laughs) Sometimes called that thing that Eric Roberts did.
4: Really? I didn't know he was in it.
2: <laughs> so stay tuned and we'll be back for another exciting episode of Doctor Who Podshock
4: cheers guys bye bye
2: later cheers. see ya take care cheers been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan run embassy.org Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock You can email us at feedback at podshock.net
0: How rude